Welcome to this week's Muddy River Breakdown. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman. Joined today by Muddy River News Editor David Adam, the voice of prep football for WTAD, True. along with Chad Deusterhouse. And you will be at a game this Friday night I will. at 10th and Jackson, correct? I will. First time I get the chance to – well, I saw the Raiders the, the, the season. The first time I'll be at, at the 10th and Jackson this year. So, it's uh, it's been an interesting start to the prep football season. Obviously, we had Quincy High versus Quincy Notre Dame week mm-hmm. one. Um, then you went on the road with the Blue Devils last week. Right. The Raiders were at home last week, both won. You know, what are your impressions so far of the two Quincy schools? Notre Dame's defense is really good. I mean – I think Notre Dame's offense will determine how far it goes in the postseason, but I think Notre Dame's defense and special teams are extraordinary. I mean, I, I, I don't remember the number. Uh, you might. Um, but Notre Dame's defense has scored like in 11 of its last 14 games. Yep. Some, some, some number in that ballpark. I don't think I'm far off. It, it's six of the last seven, and I think 11 of the last 14, I believe, is yeah. correct. But yeah. I know it's six of the last seven. And you just don't see – high school defenses right. doing that. But this year it's – I mean, if, if you remember the Quincy High game, the difference in that game was not on offense. It was not on defense. It was special team. Correct. You had a kick return. You had two blocked punts. You had an onside kick that didn't get fielded. Yep. Um, Quincy High had all kinds of problems punting. Um, Notre Dame dominated that portion of the game, and it led to essentially uh, – the, the defense scored one touchdown – a block punt led to another touchdown. The kick return led to a touchdown. So you throw those 21 points out, it's essentially a tie game. But that's how good Notre Dame's defense is. It is, and what I'm anxious to see is can Notre Dame establish a running game against a good opponent? Now, granted, they didn't run the ball a ton against Quincy High School. Mm-hmm. Last week they played Alleman, not a good opponent. Right. You know, Marceline this week comes over from Missouri – I don't know if it's going to be much of a game. I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's loaded for bear. Now Marceline returns a lot yes. of kids. And, oh, I may and, be wrong. And, and, they're, and they're and they're they're very excited. I think about their chances this year, which may be the reason why they're stepping up in class to say, "Hey, let's go play in Notre Dame. Let's see how good we are." I think it'll be great. But I think also Marceline Marceline barely beat Scotland County in the season opener. Right. That sort of gave me the idea that, ooh, well, maybe they're – they may be biting off a little more yeah, than they I, can I shoot. think they're in a li- in over their head just a little bit. But I think for a, for a program like that, especially when those first six, seven games right. don't matter, you can go – I think that's awesome that they go play those types of teams. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Notre Dame hasn't really established that it's going to be uh, a – churn the the ground uh run the clock type of offense um i think ben caspery has the potential to be yes. a, an every down 20 to 25 carries a game back right but is the offensive line that type of line right now they're much more comfortable if you think about it the last three years it was ike wiley to the left ike wiley right. to the right ike wiley roll out ike wiley you know, they were in a lot of pass block mode for him and if you remember the first half against Quincy High School, uh, Calvin Lavery threw the ball what twenty I think twenty four times in the first half, not as much in the second half. Right, but and Calvin Lavery has that ability, and, and he's not a guy that's going to run the ball the same way Ike Wiley did. Right, um, but he's athletic, he's long, he gives them a dimension. 
Um, and then you start throwing, they, they, you know, you bet you mentioned Ben Caspery. They've got a couple other guys in the backfield that they can give the ball to. But isn't it weird to think about a Notre Dame football team? And I know Bill Connell has not coached at Notre Dame now for several years. Right. But when you when you look at the head coach, and he's this great big burly offensive lineman with a beard, <laughs> and 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 they're throwing the ball as much as they do. It's just it's just different. It's it not is different. wrong. It's not necessary. You know, it's just. You're so used to Notre Dame having a thousand yard back in the backfield for so many years, year after year after year, and after now year after that's year. that's really really not. In fact, last year um, they didn't really have anybody who was effective running the football, and it became Ike Wiley was the top running back right. for them. So it, it is different. Crosstown at Quincy High School, their growing pains are becoming fewer and fewer as you move week by week. Uh, you saw some some improvement last week. Certainly, I think Aiden Byquist stepped up as, as the quarterback uh, in the three-headed battle and has kind of taken over that position. But you saw some improvement defensively. You saw some guys make plays. Gregory Quince made some really nice plays. Mm-hmm. Talking with Rick Little last weekend about Quince, just how so how he's so even keel and, and just makes plays, makes plays, makes plays, and never gets too high or low because he, he dropped a pass in the end zone, came back and made a huge tackle an open field tackle on fourth down so the mentality there I think is there it's the experience factor well there are just so many young guys that are out there playing and they don't have a lot of size across their offensive or defensive fronts Um, that's when they get in when the Blue Devils get into Western Big Six play and they're trotting out 180 pound right tackle against 250-pound defensive tackle. It's just going to be tough. It now, will if, be. You, if you know, if you watch the Blue Devils, everything's out of the shotgun, yep. and almost every drop back for the quarterback is one, two, stop, throw. And what that is for, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play uh, junior coach here, but that is to give my my offensive line just enough time to hold off somebody to give my quarterback a chance to get the ball out. Not going to see a lot of deep throws for this team. No, and it's all about rhythm. And and the the kind of receivers they have, you hope, will be good possession receivers. And I think you're starting to see some of those younger kids develop in that sense. Jack Metemeyer made some really nice plays last Mm -hmm. week, caught two touchdown passes. Nice to see a sophomore establish himself when he wasn't able to week one. Right. Um, Makai Lewis is a, is a solid receiver. Yeah. Quince is a solid receiver. Lewis gives them a downfield threat as well. He's yes. got some speed. Um, they also so, they're gonna they're gonna run Ty Douglas, who had a great game as his first game as a starter. He was outstanding on defense from his linebacking position, right. and he's going to be a, a short intermediate route threat as a receiver. Um, and all the the quarterbacks are able to look at anybody right now there's yep. there's really no one who has jumped I, I guess if I had to say who their top receiver is it would be Quince I think they've looked to him the most he's caught the most balls but Jack Metemeyer made two big plays on on Friday night and showed he's going to be a threat I thought of nothing else the number one thing that came out of that game was Aiden Byquist said I think I'm going to be your starter guys yeah. I'm gonna, follow me now that Brian Douglas really never got a chance because of injury. Jesus Johnson was injured last week, so, was injured most of the first game, so, so he's got to play tailback. Correct. And really the big question that I had when I was talking to Chad Deusterhouse during a game last Friday was, okay, Byquist had a sensational first half. I want to say he threw for like 172 yards. But Rick Little didn't play his son Braden the last half of the freshman game 
so he would be available to play in the in the in the, yep. in the varsity game. And I turned to Chad and I said, "As good as Byquist has been, would you play Braden Little?" Well, we didn't have to find out that answer because Byquist got hurt defensively yep. for, and so Braden went Braden in and played in. played a couple of series, and his numbers won't look good. He had at least three balls that were, I mean, right on the numbers that were dropped. If you haven't had a chance to watch Braden Little throw, you can really tell. He sets up well in the pocket. He's got a very – he's very he, confident for he a He has freshman. a very bright future as the quarterback yeah. of Quincy High School. That might be a year from now. This might be the year Byquist is the quarterback and Little. And then but hopefully but if they Byquist get more numbers – And hopefully they get more numbers yeah. where they might be able to say, let's play Byquist in the defensive secondary and only play him one way. Right. So we don't have to make him play both ways. Well, a team that, that doesn't play everybody both ways, plays some guys both ways, is across the river, and I got to see them last week. Hannibal is very, very good. Well, the fact that they beat the two teams they've beaten out of the shoot yeah. and beat them badly. Yes. Wow. And I mean, that, 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 to me, that doesn't just send a message to us two knuckleheads over here on this side of the river. Right. That sends a message to the state saying – we're we're for real this year, guys. No question, no question about. It. And it's not just Aeneas Williams. I, I people want to, you know. I hear so many people. Oh, I got to get to a Hannibal game. I want to see Aeneas Williams. He got an offer from Oregon, mm-hmm. and he is he's electric. He he is very special. But they have so many other pieces to the puzzle. First play out of the gate, Ashton Watts sacks the Jeff City quarterback, and you see the speed on defense. You see the speed on offense when they're throwing the ball deep to a John Klubine or a Kaiser Greenwell going over the middle. Or is speed. The number one thing that you notice when you watch that team? I think so, because it's not just the receivers, not just Aeneas Williams. Um, it, it's speed and power, because A.J. Thomas out of the backfield, who is their workhorse tailback, mm-hmm. can run over guys. You know, and that's that's impressive. When he's running between the tackles, he's tough to bring down. And, and so you've got the balance there of a guy who's going to run over you and then guys on the perimeter who, who are going to blow by you. And it's... It's a really nice setup. And then defensively, you look at Ashton Watts at linebacker. Uh, to me, is one of the best linebackers in the area. Brady Zimmerman along the defensive line, so quick off the ball. they got another defensive end in Romel Pinner, who doesn't look like a defensive end. Uh, you know, a little smaller What does a frame. defensive end look like, I well, guess? Uh, when you think of a defensive end, you think six foot five, you know, 250, able to run guys down. Romel Pinner looks like a cornerback. You know, or an outside line, you know. But my guess is he's quick around that Oh, edge. he's impressive. He's impressive. It just the way they the way they coach defense there, they use their speed, they use their strength. I'm telling you what, if you haven't had a chance to get to see Hannibal, obviously last week was their first home game. They went to Jeff City Helias, defending class four class four state champions and smoked them week one. Well but, that okay. So I'll I'll ask you this question. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah. It's only week two. Correct. Hannibal has had very good football teams for a very long time. Is this the one football team in Hannibal history that you can go, that's the team that can win a state championship? There's been a couple that I've seen over the years. And obviously in 2006, they got to the state title game um, behind Andrew Bergeson and, and some of the other guys on that team. Right. This one to me, I, and I've, I said it before they even played a game. This team could win a state title. Well, see, uh, to me, that what it reminds me of a little bit is 
I remember when uh, a couple of years ago I watched the Pace and Seymour volleyball team, and I I, I think I said in August, guys, there's your state champions right, right there. Now you, you never know how things are going to go, injuries. Um, you, you, there could be some super team from across the state. But no I question. think you and I have both watched enough football. We've watched enough volleyball. We've watched enough of these teams that you can sit there and go, oh, wow, they're oh, no really question. good. And, that, and it that's sounds way, like that's what Hannibal is. I thought year. that going in, and then when you see them in person. And I did a fun thing last week, and you and I have talked about this throughout the years. You've wanted to do this for a long I've, time, and you finally did it. I finally did. You know, I wanted to do kind of the best seats in the house type of look at games. When Palmyra used to play at the middle school field. No one should ever sit in the press box. No. You should but, sit but, in the trucks exactly, on the hill. Exactly, and I never did because you, you either had to, you know, you're working, you're covering a game, you're either yeah. on the sideline or you're sitting somewhere, mm-hmm. you're doing radio in a booth or, or something. I never sat in one of the farm trucks on the opposite side of the field. Yep. And so Friday night at Hannibal – I went, you know what, I'm going to go up and watch from the hill above the stadium. You know, you, you can go up and you park in the YMCA parking lot, and you can sit all the way up there, but then it, it cascades down a little bit, and then there's another landing, and you could sit there. And there were probably 40 people sitting there, another 20 to 25 sitting up higher. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Talked to people. Um, people, brought cu- people brought coolers with them and sat up there. Mm-hmm. But it was just a so such a different perspective. But the interesting thing for me was watching the, the play unfold because everything went, you know, you could you could see it happening. You could see the holes open up. You could see all the little things taking place, the, you know, the critical blocks that maybe you don't see because you're field level. And it was just a lot of fun. It was just a different perspective. And – I hope you get to do that more often. Uh, that's my plan. I, I was trying to think of where would those types of places be? Well, I mean, I, like at Q&D, do you watch a game from the house across the street or from that old jalopy that sits in the end zone? Well, they don't put the jalopy down there anymore because of the fencing. Oh, okay. That's around the field. Oh, that's right. Ridge, Ridge Zeidler's truck. Yeah. Which was one of those I always thought would be fun to sit down there. Now, I may sit down there the next home game I'm at in right. that area. Right. Um, you know, or, or if you were to go to um, – Well, I thought about if I go to a Culver Stockton football game. Go, go sit, sit up, the, so sit with the students up on the hill by yeah. the, by the, by the frat house, right? Yeah, those are the types of things that I think bring a, just an interesting, fun perspective yeah, to what different. we're trying to do. We've all been to a million games. Let's do it from a, a, a no different a, a different eyesight. You know, I I did that a couple of years ago, four or five years ago at a Unity football game. Um, there's a house right by the corner of the field that is kind of a gathering spot. Basically, a, it's just become a huge tailgate area mm-hmm. for, for fans. So I went and joined them and wrote about the atmosphere. That was right. when Unity was out on an undefeated run during the regular season. And it was just interesting. It was there to talk to the people. It's just a different perspective on community, on right. the game. It's because not isn't, just that, isn't that really what it is? It, it, to, let's, let's be honest. Those, these Friday nights are community events. No question. People go to those games to see friends, visit. Yep. I, I, I can sit there and watch, uh, you know, so many of the women that go to those games. Some of them watch it. Don't get me True. wrong. No a lot question. of them sit there and they're kind of like, "What's the score? That is, who's well, that green team out there?" You know, they they don't know. They they're they're there because they want to have a good time and hang out with friends and soak. I mean, is there any weather better in the world than seventy two degrees oh, on a Friday beautiful. night during the, during a fall high school football game? Yeah, that's I'm not. Gonna- that, that's the most. That's the best weather ever. And we're going to have that this week. This week's going to be a beautiful Friday night. It's 
There's a bunch of really good games going on outside of Quincy. I mean, you, both Quincy schools are at home, but you've got some really good games. You've got Central against Unity. Both teams I think are that's going to be a heck of a game. We're going to find out this week and next from our small schools who's really good. That was my next question for you. Who is really good? I mean, you've seen the Unity numbers that it has put up, and the fact that, that Unity beat Calhoun, which for years has been a really good team, and Correct. Unity just – slaughtered them central i don't know that central's played i mean they beat carrollton had to come from behind to beat they, a, a yeah. solid carrollton team that they've met got in the a playoffs. Lot of kids back and you know a, so a traditional a, i'm perennial. just guessing and then and that that doesn't even count brown county who's get getting state they're in the they, state poll they were number three you know i haven't seen this week's poll yet as we sit here and tape this it, i will i will see it later this afternoon um i think all three are really good what, which one is going to emerge as the best? Well, I think the fact that Central has a lot of weapons and can move guys around into different spots and use that. Brown County has the same thing, but Brown County doesn't have the depth. You know, um, Central has the experience up front. All those guys started last year. Mm -hmm. So where you have a whole new stable of backs coming into this year, you had a, a new – your. Front, I'm a big believer in that line experience. Oh, it's se huge. Senior, senior strength. Now, what what will Unity do when it gets into a dogfight? The first two weeks haven't been a dogfight because they've just been able to blast people with right. big runs, big plays. I mean, Cecil Hunt has what three or four carries of over he, eighty he's yards. He's got three touchdown runs of over eighty yards, and I mean, he between him, he and Brian Deeker and their big runs, you know, nobody's nobody right now is rushing for more yards, right? Especially per carry than those guys. What about but, on the other side of the river? Uh. Monroe City, I think, is is the real deal. Yeah, you know, uh, of the teams that uh, we're watching, and the other one we're, we kind of got to keep an eye on is Mark Twain. Mark Twain went on on the road so, to Lexington and going took care to of Lexington and beating them down there. Now, granted, we not we not, don't know what we, we don't know what Lexington no. had, but in in years past, Lexington has been one of the gold standards in right. in the, that two a three a level football. And Mark, when when I heard Mark Twain picked them up because it lost that other game, I thought, oh, okay, yeah. well, you're biting off a big chunk there. And then went over and took care of business. And then, I mean, was it thirty? Was like thirty six to six or yeah. something like that? So that was impressive. So, again, um, I think we got a lot of good football. I think Palmyra will get better as as time goes on. Uh, they tend to when they when they struggle early, they tend to make a run. Did that? Did that? Result against Bowling Green surprise you? It did. It not that they lost, as lopsided as it was. Yeah. Bowling Green's really good though. True. That True. that's another one that's really good. Just outside of our kind of our coverage area, but right. we know enough people in that area. Absolutely. And, and, and those coaches. So I think it's going to be. I, I think we're starting to see which teams are emerging. Um, and this week starts Clarence Cannon conference play on the Missouri side. Yeah. So, so, so their non-conference games are done. Now they get into conference play. Western Big Six conference play starts this yep. week. The the West Central conference play starts this week. So, it's kind of like you're, you're old man. West Central conference. Well, I'm sorry. What, what the heck's the W I V C? Thank you. Well, now to all my West Central homies out there, <laughs> Gary Brickman and and Jim Henry and all those guys and uh, Jim Replinger. That was a shout out. Jim Unruh. That was a shout out for all you guys. No, how you brought up Coach Rep. I love it. <laughs> so, anyway, it's going to be a fun Friday night this week. Come back next week. We'll do it again. We'll break it down as we get ready for Friday night. Sound good? Sound good. I'll be here. All right. This has been the Muddy River Breakdown. Have a great week and enjoy kickoff.